This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Onatangata O Manawatu. It is Tuesday morning, and uh, every second Tuesday we turn our attention to fielding and district promotions. And today is no different. Wendy Carr is on the uh, on the. I was going to say phone. You are on my phone, but it's Facebook Messenger for reasons. Good morning, Wendy. Morena Fraser. Um, Technical issues. Yes, uh, that's the one. Um, and that's because I live out in the country and we're doing <laughs> things on rural wireless through cell phones, uh, all from uh, arguably the best quality room in the house, but not as good for the internet. Ah, lockdown, isn't it great? Um, but there was news, but let's start with this. Obviously, Wednesday at four o'clock, um, we got the announcement that we will indeed be moving to level three as well as a region and as a country south of Auckland uh, on Tuesday night 11:59 p.m. Um what I was quite surprised about Wendy was that there was no indication of what that's going to mean because there's talk that they're going to be changing what the alert levels do. Mm-hmm. I've just been watching the press conference because we're pre-recording this again and um the press conference this afternoon from or from Monday afternoon from the Prime Minister, was that Alert Level 3 will be normal. They are going to be re-looking at Alert Level 4 restrictions around essential workers, but it looks like Level 3, hopefully, everything will be back to what it was last year. So so pretty much Level 4... What's the takeaway? Yeah, um, they were talking about still mandating mask use in Alert Level 3. Is that not happening? Uh, yes, it will be. Yes, no, sorry, that is something that is going to be um, still around in Alert Level 3. So we will all still have to don our masks when we go to the supermarket or if we're going to KFC or McDonald's for some takeaways. Um, so, yes, that is a change from last year. Now, obviously, fielding and district promotion has uh, many strings to its bow. Of course, there's the tourism aspect, which is non-existent at the moment, uh, but also the the business support uh, element as well. Um, Will the ability for the hospitality sector uh, to trade in you know, albeit very light circumstances, be uh, the well-needed boost for the entire town of Fielding and, and district of, of Manawatu, or is the, is there still going to be a lot of heart out there? Um, it's still going to be tough. I know that there are quite a lot of businesses that are ramping up to, um, to start trading in Level 3. So um, if you check out your favourite restaurant or cafe's Facebook page or website, Um, You'll see some movement around there, but um, there are still some that are just going to wait until level two because the logistics of trying to do click and collects and um, social distancing and contactless pickup is still quite challenging for a lot of businesses. So um, I know um, the Upper Tavern is is looking at opening and um, the Sario Cafe and Building and the Strong Room and quite a few others, Um, but there are quite a few that are just going to wait, wait until we get to level two and hopefully that won't be too far away. 
Uh, the government, I think, was uh, not hesitant but realised what was involved in moving to level four uh, lockdown because, in particular, once they passed the five-day mark, that meant that people were going to be eligible for financial assistance, the wage, wage subsidy, etc. Uh, have businesses in Fielding been taking it and Manawatu been taking advantage of that? And is it enough? Uh, yes, they absolutely have been taking advantage. Um, uh, it, we've been having uh, regular catch-ups through the Manawatu District Council's welfare group. So um, the Ministry of Social Development are part of that group and they've been giving us updates. I don't know the exact number because they don't have the pinpointed down um, numbers here, but um, I know personally, having spoken to quite a few business owners, that definitely people are, are taking up the wage subsidy and also the resurgent payments as well. Um, with the wage subsidy, it is a difficult one because it's great. It definitely keeps our economy humming, but it is only $600 a week for a full-time person and 359 for a part-time. Um, well, minimum wage is $20 an hour. So if you do, do the math, it's not quite enough to cover wages. And then, of course, businesses still have many other expenses that they need to be um you know, spending money on at the moment, and um, yeah, it is—it's tricky. It's very hard. Are, are are people aware of the various options open to them? Obviously, the wage subsidy has uh, a fair degree of publicity, uh, given mm-hmm. that um, there were certain businesses in the the first lockdown that took advantage of it when perhaps they didn't need to. Um, but mm-hmm. there are other there are other options out there as well, aren't there? And and are people aware of them? Yes. Um, yes, well, we've we've been sending out communication to um, our local network. Um, we're trying not to bombard people's inboxes because we all appreciate that um, information is coming from every which way. But we definitely communicated it out to um, to the local businesses, and so did Cedar and the Manawatu Chamber of Commerce about the um, other payments that they could receive. So there is this resurgence payment, which um, off the top of my head, I can't remember all the details, but I do know a lot of businesses were online, ready to go with that last Tuesday when it went live um, and, and have taken advantage of that. There's also um, other financial support available from the Ministry of Social Development. So um, there are hardship payments that have been um, dished out to people and you do not have to be a beneficiary to um, qualify for those. So they've had uh, quite a big increase in need for support for um you know, crossing that little bit of a, a, um, a, a time between pays. There's been quite a lot of um, food grants given out um, and other things through the, through MSD. So it's good to see them stepping up this time. Um, they, because obviously the wage subsidy kicked in very quickly last year, this year they've got all those systems in place. So I've heard of businesses getting payments within four hours which is pretty incredible. Wow, that is good. Mm. Um, it, it, do, it does appear that the government's a bit more onto it this time round, particularly with MSD taking on board a lot of the uh, welfare side of things and working with council EOCs and ECCs to make sure that uh, the, the welfare aspect isn't lumbered solely on local government. And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, you mentioned CEDA there, and we haven't had a chance mm. to speak to CEDA uh, since the lockdown. I had to uh, bump their interview last 
last week in order to speak to the City Council. But is CEDA doing their surveys again? Because I know I spoke to John Morris at CEDA um, during the first lockdown, and, and the findings of that survey, A, were quite interesting, but B, I wonder if they marry up to this lockdown or if there's a significant difference in business confidence and business support this time round. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're not doing those same surveys yet. I haven't, um, I haven't seen anything, but they are about to do a survey out to businesses around employment. So, um, as everybody will be aware, with the borders closed, there is a, a real talent and skills shortage out there because we cannot bring in immigrants to do a lot of the, the work that we used to employ. Um, and so, they are in the midst of. Uh, formulating a survey out to businesses that would normally hire um, immigrants. Um, And it's quite a comprehensive survey to really understand where those skill gaps are. We've got a a, a big talent and skills gap um, in many sectors in the Manawatu region um, across construction, infrastructure, professional services, lawyers, doctors, accountants and nurses and what have you, um, and the um, agricultural sector. So they are doing some work there trying to feed that back up the chain to Immigration New Zealand and the government. Um, so hopefully that will get a bit of traction and um, will help a little bit. And it's also trying to figure out those businesses that are struggling with um, um, employing people is what are they doing about it and what resources do they need. So there's quite a lot of work going on in the background here. The other work that CEDA are obviously taking um, um, a lot of initiative with is their regional business partners network. So the um, business growth advisors are connecting with their uh, clients to make sure that they're doing okay. Um, they've been reaching out through the business mentors network and reminding people that that is available. So um, those businesses out there that are just need a, a friendly ear and really need some advice, the business mentors network is an incredible resource. Um, and so if you want to learn about that, you just go to cedar.nz and, and have a look. Marvellous. We are here with Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion looking at uh, this recent announcement that we're going to be moving to Alert Level 3 from 11.59pm on Tuesday. Uh, Just touching there on the support for business uh, that's offered from a a range of sources from central government and even locally with CEDA. Um, We mentioned before, Wendy, that um, there are many strings to Fielding and District Promotion's bow and certainly when we spoke to Helen Warboys uh, last week, Mayor of Manawatu, she was saying that councils this time round are very much, um, they seem to be the conduit uh, for information and directing mm. people to the relevant uh, resources, whereas uh, in the first lockdown, council staff were doing some pretty important stuff. The exception there is that some council staff are still collecting um uh, prescriptions uh, for people around the region, uh, the district, which is awesome. Um, but you're uh, also that uh, fulfilling that sort of conduit and linking role, um, and you've got some information in particular from Manawatu Rural Support. Yes, yeah, so um, we we are currently we were meeting daily via Zoom um, at the beginning of the of the level four lockdown with the the MDC Welfare Group. So that is a, a group of different community organisations um, and that's dropped back down to twice a week now um, just to give each other updates and support one another with information and last year when we were in um, lockdown for a long time uh, Fielding and District Motion did a, a lot of work of disseminating information um, and this time because um, a lot more groups are on social media and, and are engaging with their 
um, networks, we haven't needed to do as much of that, but the Manawatu Rural Support Services have just asked that I um, give them a shout out and just remind the, the Northern Manawatu and Halcombe um, region of people, area of people, if they do feel isolated or if they need someone to talk to, that they are there to lend a friendly ear. So there's Tina and Avril are the two um, workers for the Manawatu Rural Support um, and they are available to speak to at any time. So I've got their phone numbers, so get your pens out. Tina's phone number is 027-422-3544 and Avril's phone number is 021-0823-4809. So those two lovely ladies are there to, to lend a hand to be a friendly ear to the Northern Manawatu and Halcombe um, residents. So reach out if you need it. Marvellous. I've jotted those numbers down. I'll read them out again at the end. Um, I guess just before, obviously we want to touch on the Celebrating uh, Business, uh, not awards uh, as per the last time we spoke, but we'll get to that. Mm. At the moment, just sticking with the, 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 the outbreak, the pandemic at the moment. Uh, luckily, we don't have anything locally at the moment. Um, is the community, and in particular the rural community do they recognize the success of this lockdown do they see that this was you know something we all had to do so that we did as, as um, the prime minister said yesterday we could have been looking at 550 new cases a day at this point mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I, I think generally the public has been really on board with this and I think it helps just watching what's been happening in New South Wales I mean, the case numbers there have been absolutely eye-watering, over a thousand a day. Um, and so I think as soon as we had that one case in Auckland and we went into snap lockdown, there was murmurings around the world of that's a bit of an overkill and what have you. But it just goes to show we're now at 560-something cases. Um, if we hadn't have gone in hard and fast, um, as you just said, it could have absolutely been filtering through the whole country. The rural community um, are, are used to this kind of lifestyle. They, they are used to sort of um, being locked away in their worlds, especially at this time of year. It's an incredibly busy time of year for our farmers because it is lambing and calving season. So um, they're used to just coming into town once a week to do their groceries. And they, are, they have been um, struggling to get workers, um, which has been ongoing for over a year and a half now. Um, and so that, that added stress them um, it has been pretty tough but generally they've been they've, they're a very resilient population um, they had uh, we did have comments come through that uh, welfare group that uh, it was frustrating to be coming into town from say Rangawahi or something and only been able to buy two loaves of bread at a time so the Manawatu District Council spoke to both supermarkets and building and made sure that there were no restrictions on those sorts of things because you know loaf of bread if you've got a couple of teenagers goes in about half a second oh yes so <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the guess, I guess the other thing is that, you know, we, we heard complaints, uh, particularly people in the South Island saying, you know, there's, there is no COVID-19 down here. Why are we being treated the same? And as you've pointed out uh, numerous times, the sale, de- sale yards and fielding, when people come from far and wide and, and the sooner even some areas mm. can get out of level four and preferably level three, then the sooner things, the, the economic hit can be lessened. Mm, absolutely. Yes, the sale yards being closed has been um, difficult for stock movement around the country. So um, 
with being being carving and land season, there are um, there is extra stock around. Um, there are the rural community is um, innovative though; they find other ways to move that stock. So, um, the longer we are at um, restrictions like level four or level three, it, it does make those things quite challenging. Um, but they they find ways around that, and hopefully within within a few days or maybe a week or two, we'll be back at level two and things might be, be a lot easier. Will the will the difference in alert levels make a difference? I mean, Auckland is, uh, well, I was going to say arguably, but I think it's factually the, the economic capital of, of New Zealand. I mean, Wellington and Christchurch coming close second, I mm. suppose. But having that cut off and in level four, it, does that have a debilitating effect on the rest of the country? Or can we behave like the whole country's in level three, just kind of gloss over that bit as far as we in Manawatu are concerned? Mm. The long-reaching effects of, of Auckland staying in, in lockdown for a long time will impact the whole country. It is inevitable. And so um, I really do hope that they are not in, um, stuck there for too long. Um, last time when we were in, in lockdown, it was the whole country. And we did have a couple of outbreaks in the last year and a half where Auckland just alone was, was put into lockdown, but that was very short and sharp. Um, so extended periods of time having... Yeah, the biggest population of the country not being able to uh, work and um, trade is going to impact us. So um, we are very lucky in the Manawatu, and I've see, I said it last year, I've said it over and over again, that we are in a bit of a bubble because we are reliant on agriculture, public service and defence as our main um, employers, and those things keep the money going around. So uh, obviously there are a lot of businesses that have been impacted, and, and speaking to a few different professional service providers, there are businesses out there that are worrying because the longer that they stay um, not being able to trade, it's, you know, the, the wage subsidy is, is not um, sufficient to cover all expenses. Um, they are worried about the long-term effects on them as well. So I think there's a lot more um, anxiety this time than there was last time about what the long-term effects will be. But um, we still do have low un- unemployment and our house prices are still high and all of the rest of it. So... It will be interesting the next month or so what the impact, the long-term impact um, could be. In in your networks, uh, and you have many, and they are varied uh, across uh, Manawatu, um, what is the general mood? Because I've been saying in a couple of these interviews recently that whilst during the first lockdown I would uh, drive to the station in the morning and see people walking around their their local area and looking quite happy about it, you know, taking this chance to, to have some exercise and, and, and be outdoors and, and not feel rushed, this time people are still walking around but they look a little bit more dejected than the first time and say, oh no here we are again mm. Mm. yep I think generally the population became quite complacent in the last or this calendar year you know since January um, we have I don't know about you but when I go to the supermarket before this lockdown um, I always scan in using the QR code everywhere I go um, it's just become a habit I built into myself last year but but a lot of the public weren't doing that um, and so the complacency the she'll be right attitude had filtered into the community and so the shock of this happening and how quickly it happened as well um, has been hard also it's winter time you know and it's it's the the weather has been pretty average very cold today and so people are locked up inside it's cold um you know the 
parents are having to refigure out how to do homeschooling again and all of that fun stuff that we <laughs> all struggle with. Um, and also because we're seeing that what's happening in the rest of the world with this Delta strain, it's different this time around. You know, it is it's um, being vaccinated doesn't necessarily protect you from catching and spreading COVID. It's obviously great and um to to help prevent serious um, side effects. And um, I personally am vaccinated, but it, it, there's all of these questions that are being raised. Um, and it is fatigue. People are fatigued with lockdowns now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we are here with Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion for The Catch-Up. Uh, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of The Catch-Up series, just head to the website mpr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. Before we wrap up uh, this morning, Wendy, uh, let's talk celebrating business because um, it, it, it was this is a, a, an annual event, I think, a chance to, to celebrate business uh, through a, an awards ceremony. You've said in the interview Reviews previously that you like to change things up quite a bit, uh, and so the, and in response to feedback as well. Um, you had dis- uh, and the team had decided that this wouldn't be so much an awards ceremony that was going to come round. This was going to be just a celebration. There would still be categories. There would be acknowledgements. There would be a, a, an ultimate, uh, I guess, victor for want of a better term. But it was the focus was going to be solely on celebrating, not about winning things necessarily. Um, um, you said you like to change things up quite a bit, but I th- I, th- I gather you would have liked at least given this one go before you had to change it again. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. So Celebrating Business um, was going to be a big gala event on the 25th of September. Um, and because that's only three weeks away, um, we have decided to hold off the gala itself um, because we want to have certainty about being in level one to be able to host that because that was going to be 300 plus people in a room together at the Civic Fielding Civic Centre and obviously we cannot do that until we're at level one and I mean who knows how long that will be. Um, so, But we still, we had 88 nominations of 52 different businesses around the Manawatu district and um, we want to celebrate that. Yeah, that's, that's a big number. People. It's a huge number. The, the buy-in from the public was amazing. So businesses could nominate themselves or their customers could, and we had a huge response. It was fantastic. So we've, we've had those nominations out. I'm at, um, meeting with the panel today to discuss uh, which businesses will be acknowledged um, in, in the AE ceremony. Um, we also had the People's Choice. So every business that was nominated was eligible for People's Choice. Those votes closed on Friday. Um, and we're collating them. We've had thousands and thousands of votes, which is absolutely fantastic. Well, you've caught so people at a time stuff. where they haven't got a lot on their plates. <laughs> absolutely. But even before we'd gone into lockdown, there was a real hum and buzz about this event. So we um, had to use those cliched words of, of pivoting and being flexible and nimble um, with making sure that we still acknowledge and celebrate our businesses. So the team and I are madly preparing and, and organising and arranging to, to do a virtual celebrating business. So we're trying to figure out how this is going to look and um, it may change before I even before this even goes to air. But we want to be able to um, go virtually with each category um, sometime after the 25th of September. So because we've got to now try and find um, people to be able to help us with this, it's going to be a little delayed, but we want to keep the momentum going. 
Uh, and so there will be a virtual um, Celebrating Business Week where we will um, announce each category um, probably one a day um, and, and top it off with the people's choice. And then hopefully in the not-too-distant future we will gather together um, and have our gala dinner where we get um, the music and the kapahaka performances and everyone in, in the room together and celebrate. But at the moment virtual it will be. Very good. Well, uh, keep an eye on the Fielding and District uh, promotion website, fielding.co.nz, and of course their Facebook page, and uh, you'll be kept uh, up to speed with that. Uh, Wendy, we'll just go through the Manawatu Rural Support phone numbers again. I'll read out what I've written here. If I'm wrong, you interrupt, but I think uh, I'll be a little clearer than the the line we've got from you. Uh, Tina's number, 027-422-3544, and uh, Avril's number 021-082-34809. We'll chuck those up on uh, the description for this uh, podcast on npr.nz forward slash catch up. Uh, Wendy, assuming those numbers are right, um, thank you for joining us on the catch up this morning. Kia ora, thank you very much. Thank you. No worries. And remember, if you do want to listen to this uh, or any other edition of the Catch Up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch up. We will be back tomorrow at half past eight for another edition. Do join us then. Bye for now. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.